Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. You made us watch. Why'd you make us watch this? You made us watch something we didn't like. Next time we'll watch something we like. But we can't believe you made us watch. You, you made, made us watch Bill and Ted face the music. Okay, let's do one like in uh, harmony now. You made us watch. I can't do it. And Ted face the music. I can't do it. I'm not good at harmonizing. Do we record that? I'm really good at harmonizing. Are you? Yeah. Mm, Right. I have a beautiful singing voice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I sang a song one time at work and. Nicole, who sits across from me, like as soon as I got done, she goes, oh, was that whatever it was that I was singing? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, I kind of uh, started to recognize the words, but the melody was, <laughs> I was like, are you saying I'm tone deaf? And she goes, yeah, I wasn't sure if you were, you know. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. didn't know if you were joking or not, I, yeah. or if you were really just toned up. It was one of those things where I don't think she realized how mean it was <laughs> the way she said it. Mean or honest? Uh, both. Mm, right. So this is the long-awaited third movie in the Bill and Ted trilogy. Yes. And I will say that for a sequel and a Bill and Ted movie, this was actually pretty good. What is your relationship with the first two Bill and Ted movies? So I saw the first one on video because I think my babysitter let me watch it. And then the second one I saw when I was sleeping over at my friend's house. So you did kind of grow up with them. Yeah, a little bit. I I didn't watch them over and over again or anything. You didn't have a lot of affection for them. Correct. Yeah, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, I was seven six seven okay so um i think my babysitter was watching it and she let us watch it with her and then i was like nine bill and ted's bogus journey and i feel like we saw it well after it came out um because i think i watched it in middle school and i was like 11 or 12 at a sleepover right and they both came out while i was in high school so i watched them both in the theater when i was in high school nerd well yeah (laughs) yeah they were movies that i enjoyed but they weren't like movies where i was like oh anytime it's on cable i can totally sit and watch bill and ted yeah you know yeah same i was like i i i liked excellent adventure bogus journey i was kind of like i didn't hate it but i was only 11 so it was like i don't i didn't know (laughs) Yeah, I get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were fine. I think I liked this one the most. Okay. Maybe. Uh, well, Excellent Excellent Adventure was pretty good. 
Shortly after the two Bill and Ted movies, Alex Winter directed a movie called, um, I think he co-wrote it. Yep, he co-wrote it as well, called Freaked, which is, you know, just basically about like a freak show. That was more the speed of movie that I was into Mm -hmm. because it was one of those things that Fangoria covered and stuff like that. And it, it has a lot of really it's sort of like a who's who of character actors which you know how i am with that kind of thing Uh, yeah yeah and uh, keanu reeves is actually in it too uh uncredited playing i think like the dog face boy or something like that oh neat 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 yeah and uh okay yeah yeah, so he's mostly a director like he's really not i see him as an actor you know it kind of stops after well i don't know he does some acting here and there Yeah, he does a little bit here and there but it looks like a lot of the stuff that he did was like Saul of the mole men and like robot chicken like he did like little things where i think you know it was like it's alex winter mm-hmm. you know from bill and ted you know and right. he was just being a goof like he seems to be much more of a he like he's a director yeah. he's a director and you know he was actually directing before before Bill and Ted, yes. Well, uh, yeah, like uh, the year that Bogus Journey came out, he directed a Red Hot Chili Peppers video. Yes, so he did. I first know of Alex Winter as Marco from Lost Boys, and I probably ended up seeing Bill and Ted more because of Alex Winter mm-hmm. than because of Keanu Reeves. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wasn't even really a casual Keanu Reeves fan until fairly recently. Yeah. Like, I like all the stuff that he's done in the last 10 or 15 years, because I think he's just kind of has a sense of humor. But he's also, like, kind of a goof. Like, he doesn't take himself that seriously. Yeah, that's what I mean. He has. That's what I said. He has a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And I like it that he's able to poke fun at that, where I feel like early on, because, like I said, he did that movie with Alex Winter. Mm -hmm. I thought that he was cool, but then he became, like... The guy who his band Dog Star became like such a, a joke. And yeah, he was doing his meditating with the Dalai Lama and stuff like that. Where yeah. I was like, oh, this guy's trying to find inner peace. Fuck him. I was the angry punk rock heavy metal kid where I was just. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I sort of saw him as like an action guy or like a serious actor because he was in. Well, the movies that I saw him in first were like Speed and The Matrix. Right. So he was kind of an action star to me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as he kind of has done more serious acting, he's also added on like comedies as well. Like, I just feel like he has a very well, diverse. Yeah, he kind of started with comedy. Well, no, I guess not even really that because we watch his first two movies, yeah. Babes in Toyland and River's Edge, like he was doing these kind of like, dramatic totally. things and then he became Ted. Yeah. And then I think kind of grew back into serious, uh, well, I guess like action movie guy and then yeah. action movie guy who's just super serious. Yeah. Off stage or off screen. And then, so the same year that he did Bill and Ted, he's also in Parenthood, the movie. And I have to say that he had one of the most beautiful moments in that movie because he's basically just the 
daughter, like the teenage daughter, Diane Weiss's daughter's boyfriend. Yeah. Just like some punk guy. And at one point in the movie, the younger son is arguing with his mom and is like, I'm going to go live with dad. And she's like, honey, we'll talk about it. Because she knows he's not going to say the right thing and he's going to not let him do that. But he calls and he's like, dad, I want to come live with you. And then he's like, no, it's not a good time, you know, because he like had gotten remarried and all this shit. So he basically breaks his son's heart and Keanu Reeves is kind of there for that while that's happening. And he he goes up to his room to cry and Diane Weiss is really upset. She's like, God, he's such a he, God, I just I hate him so much. He's such an asshole. And Keanu Reeves looks at her and delivers a line that still sticks with me, which is, you know, you have to get a license to go fishing, but you don't need a license to be a dad and just kind of leaves it hanging there. And it's just, it's one of my favorite lines from any movie. And it's so sweet because even though I feel like this carries over into his acting, because like, even though he can be like a big dumb dude, he can still be serious and still like say something profound. It is kind of weird though, because I'm looking at his career overall and I, I think I remember the moment that he became kind of a joke for a little while. And it was when he did Bram Stoker's Dracula. Dracula. I was just thinking that. Yeah. And, but that didn't really last long because Mm -hmm. he ended up doing, you know, kind of chick flicks like Feeling Minnesota. Yeah. But like two years later, he was in Speed. Right. And then he did Devil's Advocate, which is really Which is a really good movie. I actually really like that movie. And then he did The Matrix, and he right. was Neo forever. Which I think it was just one of those things where I just had no interest in The Matrix, where it kind of seemed like the uh, Matrix has always just kind of seemed like the dumb thing that a high school friend would say when they were stoned. Like, what if we're all in a computer, man? Like, <laughs> it just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're wrong there. It's just... I don't know. I think at the time it was the like the visual effects were really stunning because it was the like the shooting the bullets and him like you know bending backwards and the bullets all slow down. It was like Yeah, but again because I was Mr. Fangoria and everything, I was just like everything's done with computers now. You can do anything. I don't care. Can I tell you when I think that you fell in love with Keanu Reeves mm. and always be my baby when he was such no, I, I came around before that. But yeah, he that is a Keanu Reeves movie, even though, you know, he well, I would say it's more than a cameo, but he is phenomenal in that. He's really funny. He just plays this exaggerated version of himself. And it's he does such a great job. And it's nice to see someone not take themselves too seriously. And I guess I sort of feel that way, too, about Alex Winter, that he's coming back and, like, doing this character, even though he's, like, a serious... Like, director. Like, he's directing the um, upcoming Frank Zappa documentary. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he d- he does, like, all these really, like, intense projects. But he's also, like, I could be a goof in a movie. That's fine. Yeah. Alex Winter has always seemed very cool to me. Like I said, I, I've always been a fan of his since I first saw him in Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. But to the point where I knew that uh, the band Helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
he directed a bunch of their uh, videos. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was always like, oh, yeah, Alex Winter is kind of a cool dude. So anyway, that's our half-hearted interest in the Bill and Ted universe. But our mutual friend, Brittany, told me that she saw Bill and Ted face the music and she found it surprisingly delightful. And I would agree with that, that it was surprisingly delightful, even though we both totally figured out the entire plot moments in. It's Bill and Ted basically in the present. They were told all these years ago that they were going to write the song that would unite the universe, unite the universe, save the world. All that did was put huge pressure on them. And that has been their primary focus their entire lives, even though they got married to the two princesses from the first movie. They have daughters now. Their daughters are Thea and Billy. Named uh, after each other. Named so, like, after each other. Yeah. Ted's daughter is Billy and Bill's daughter is Thea. Yep. So. <laughs> Played by Bridget Lundy Payne and Samara Weaving. Yes. And they're actually pretty funny. I, I, they, I liked them. Yeah. I thought they did really great. And they're basically doing Bill and Ted impressions the entire movie, but they do it pretty believably. Yeah. They do a really good job. And I don't know what kind of series. Atypical was on Netflix. Mm, I don't know if it was like a comedy or a drama. Uh, I think or it whatever. was a dramedy. But she is, but she's in that. She plays the sister and Samara Weaving. I think it's kind of cool that Keanu Reeves worked with Hugo Weaving on The Matrix. Oh, yeah. And now he's working with her niece all these years with his later. With niece, yeah. yeah. That is niece, actually yeah. really cool because she's um, so I always delightful. call Hugo Weaving her because of his portrayal in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, this was actually, it was pretty fun. They spend most of the movie, like, you, you find out the two daughters are Bill and Ted, and that it's actually them, those two, that are going to save the world with music. So, the daughters are, like, going through time to, like, put together a band. So, they get, like, Hendrix and um, Louis Armstrong and uh, Mozart, and um, uh, an ancient, is it Chinese flutist? Yeah. And then um, before that, even um, a drum, some uh, some a woman. A Neanderthal drummer. A Neanderthal drummer. So, you know, they're trying to put together this, like, perfect band for their dads so that when they come up with a song, they'll have a band ready to play. And then they just end up, you know, creating this perfect song. And Kid Cudi. Oh, and Kid Cuddy's there too. <laughs> as part of the band. Which he was phenomenal in this. He was, actually. I was um very delighted. I would say that my two favorite parts of the movie were Kid Cuddy and Anthony Kerrigan from Barry on HBO. Oh yeah. Playing Dennis Caleb McCoy, <laughs> the robot. <laughs> the the killer robot. Yeah. As yeah. soon as I saw him, I'm like, I know that voice. Even though, like, he does an accent on Bar- on Barry, I was like, mm, I know him from something. And then as soon as I looked him up, I'm like, I turned to you and I'm like, hey, it's the guy. And you were like, I know. I already know. It was funny because when Brittany was trying to sell me on seeing this, she was like, oh, yeah, and there's a robot who's just like, I'm Dennis. And she was like <laughs> waiting for me to laugh. And I was like, uh-huh. And she's like, yeah, he just says it randomly. And it's really funny. And I was like, okay. And in my head, I'm thinking, you are not selling this movie. <laughs> But then we watched it, and that actually was pretty funny, because he'll he'll just interrupt everybody and be like, my name's Dennis. And they're like, hey, Dennis, it's nice to meet you. Dennis McCoy. 
Is that what his last name is? McCoy? Yeah. And they're like. Dennis Caleb McCoy. And yeah. they're like, okay, that's cool. And he's like, my middle name's Caleb. Like, it just keeps going. So it's yeah. like, it is actually pretty funny. Yeah. He plays that really awkward type. Like, he has really good timing he does. for that type role. He does. Yeah, he was pretty great. And I like it that he's gotten to do comedy, because mm-hmm. those weren't the roles he was initially getting in this. Oh, career. yeah. Well, because he has alopecia, right? Mm-hmm. He's a hairless person. He doesn't have eyebrows. He doesn't have hair. So, he has a very distinct look. And I would imagine he was probably getting a lot of, like, monster roles or, like, vampire, some kind of creature um, roles initially a lot of like stuff and like superhero things like in yeah. gotham and the flash and but yeah some horror stuff too and yeah but you know kind of not being able to really be as funny as he is because he was great on barry <laughs> he was probably one of my favorite parts of barry because he's just so funny and then this was really great too to see him in to just watch him be such a goof and he's a robot it's just it's so ridiculous it's great Did you say keanu reeves was in the movie parenthood yes okay because anthony kerrigan was in the tv series parenthood oh really yeah oh that's so funny yeah he was in the original like with uh diane weist and i think it's um steve martin yeah that's cool yeah it's a good one i like it with this one um even though it's two different actresses it's Jama mays and um Aaron Hayes playing the princesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny how they just keep getting younger and younger and younger. Yeah, they were pretty young. <laughs> yep. But also coming back was William Sadler as death. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was cool. The actor who played Ted's dad, Hal Landon Jr., is the same one from the other Oh, movies. that's so cool. And I believe the um, Missy, Missy, I think, is probably the same. Yeah, yeah, she's the same one from the movies. Yeah, she's also uh, she had she played Kim in Summer School that we watched, but I don't remember who Kim is. I don't either. Yeah, yeah. But this one also had some nice new roles with uh, Holland Taylor playing the great leader, Mm -hmm. and and Jillian Bell playing a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist and Kristen Shaw. This I thought was really sweet. As a nice tribute. She plays Rufus's daughter. Rufus, of course, played by uh, George Carlin. George Carlin, yeah. But they named her character Kelly. Mm -hmm. In real life, George Carlin's daughter is Kelly Carlin. That is so sweet. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little Easter egg nod. Yeah. They do have a little, um, what is it called? Like a hologram of him for a moment. Mm -hmm. Because he's like coming out of a phone booth. And they're like, Rufus, you know, it's just a hologram of him, probably from one of the first movies, you know, just a quick snippet. And he's just like reciting trivia or whatever. So he's probably just like a hologram that you would see like in a museum, kind of. That's the idea. Right. But I thought that was very sweet that they still kind of popped him in there for a second. And yeah, it was very sweet that they had Kristen Schaal um, play his daughter. And that I didn't know that about the name, but that's really that's really sweet. Yeah, it's it's very sweet. I really like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this had enough. I think it had a lot of heart, like more than I was expecting. Yeah, it definitely was a very slow burn. I found myself for the first half of it looking at my phone a lot because I was having a hard time staying interested. But I think. Yeah. Um, well, because at first you're like, okay, I know it's going to be the daughters. Like, yeah. can we just get there? And <laughs> but yeah, I think 
pretty much as soon as the Dennis robot really comes into the into the story, I'm, mm-hmm. that was when I started getting interested. Yeah, I feel about and you know, especially near the end of the second act when mm-hmm. everyone ends up in hell. In hell, yeah, and just having like everyone together. That was, was nice. Yeah. yeah, it was really. That was when I feel like the movie started really clicking. Yeah. Because Bill and Ted's, their story is basically very one note throughout the first half where they're just yeah. going in the future, trying to find future versions of themselves so they can hear the song. Yeah. And they're trying to, they can't figure out what to write. So they're like, oh, we'll just go into the future. We'll steal it from ourselves. Yeah. So the few, the joke there is just, the future versions of themselves are more and more fucked up each time. Yeah. It's sort of like, yeah, yeah, we get that the real story is going to be the daughters. Yeah. Forming this super band. Yeah. And Dave Grohl has a nice cameo. Yeah, Dave Grohl has a very <laughs> tiny cameo. Yeah, where um, they- where It turns out that I like my Dave Grohl a lot like I like my Foo Fighters. A little bit. Very small doses. Just a little bit. Yeah. I think Dave Grohl is a treasure- I don't know. I find him very delightful in interviews and stuff like that. Did I ever tell you the Dave Grohl, Kid Rock, Barack Obama story? No. I don't remember where Dave Grohl told it, but he got to do something where when Barack, uh, his second term, mm-hmm. had some sort of meet and greet thing and there were like all these rock stars or whatever and mm-hmm. Kid Rock was there who, you know, was actively anti against. Yeah. Barack Obama. So Dave Grohl was in line right behind Kid Rock to meet Obama. Mm-hmm. And when Obama shook Kid Rock's hand, he kind of pulled him close and said, I'm still here, motherfucker. That's so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. I like that he had a uh, sense of humor about, you know, yeah, and was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna be a goof call about it. the elephant in the room. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It is weird. Just Kid Rock in general to me, because when I was young, like in middle school and high school, he was a rapper and he was very like not interested in politics and he was like a bad boy. And now he's like, I do country and I'm Republican. It's so weird. Yeah. But he grew up in Romeo, so I guess it's kind of a like, oh, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but. And he comes from money. I, I yeah, never he's a rich seem kid. All that surprised when wealthy people are conservative. Yeah, I guess it, that's true. It doesn't really surprise me that much. Yeah. Um, one of these days, I'm going to do this other podcast idea where back in the very, very early 90s, I did a fanzine mm-hmm. and I recorded a lot of interviews, some of them with people who are no longer around. Yeah. But. I think it would be cool to release those as a podcast. And I got to interview Kid Rock right before he broke. He broke, And wasn't he really nice? Yeah, he was tremendously nice where it was one of those things where I heard from other people at the time that he was like a huge dick and really? horrible interview that makes people call him Mr. Rock or, it's, you know, That's stuff so like that. That's so weird. So I met him in, in, like, I saw them play. They played at the Ritz in Roseville, Mm -hmm. the original location. Yeah. And afterwards, just went upstairs and hung Mm. out with him. And I immediately had a chip on my shoulder where I was like, what do you want me to call you? 
He's like, I don't know, you can call me Bob or Bobby or Rob, whatever. Yeah, that he was, was like, like oh. immediately chill about yeah. it. Yeah, and then he offered me a drink, offered me food, offered me drugs. And I was <laughs> like, well, I, I'll, I'll have a drink. Yeah, <laughs> it is. That's funny. Cause- but even back then, he was talking about how he loved country music. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, then I guess it sort of makes more sense. Yeah now um uh he has a uh i ended up giving it to i think gary or someone mm -hmm. but had a 45 where he covered country boy can survive oh cool you know before yeah before he was big yeah so yeah that's cool yeah um i worked with a guy at my first job i was like 16 or whatever and this guy was like in his you know mid-20s but he was really close with kid rock's drummer um, so he sort of hung out with him a little bit just because he was really good friends with the drummer. Everybody always said that he was really nice. So I guess I was sort of surprised whenever anybody was like, he's a dick. I'm like, I don't know. Everybody I knew who knew him. I mean, yeah. I never met him. All said that he was really nice and kind of a chill guy. So. Yeah. I'm not a fan of his politics, but, yeah. you know, I, I haven't heard anything negative about his character yeah. at all. He's everything I know. And, you know, I'm of the age where a lot of people I know know him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Christine, actually. Yeah. My ex, she used to manage a band that would play with his band a oh, lot. Oh, nice, nice. And she was really close with Mike Clark, who was like his producer or something mm-hmm. like that. And I remember thinking back then, like, mm-hmm, I'm sure. And then one time we were in Royal Oak and uh, Mike Clark was there and she was like, oh, hey, what's up, Mike? And he's like, Christine, what's going on, girl? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what just you kidding. Know? All right. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I guess this movie just kind of like, like you said, it was a slow burn, but it was still kind of delightful. I, um, I like that song that they played at the end, too. I did, too. You know, because it's kind of an, like an ambient song. Yeah. But then, you know, you they just kind of slowly added each musician and then the guitars. And I was like, no, this is this is nice. Like, yeah. it felt very peaceful, but exciting. Like, it, they did a really good job. And it turns out, because I was wondering, how are they going to do the most important song ever and it turns out that they're able to go through time or dimension to create like infinite Infinite versions versions of themselves and they basically give everyone in the world instruments Mm -hmm. so it isn't what the song was but it was the fact that everyone was playing yeah and that's what unites everyone i I think was a nice message there is still some commonality even though you know even though all these all this music is different you can still bring it all together and it'll still you know it's it's important to have all the differences you can still come together and have something like peaceful and joyful and yeah i i like the message as well i thought it was um pretty sweet actually yeah i i'm not going to be in any hurry to watch it again but yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was fun. I I think just like Brittany, I was surprised <laughs> that I enjoyed it as much as I did. Yeah. Cuz I I wasn't sure how to feel about it when I heard that they were releasing uh, a third Bill and Ted. I was like, "Really? I don't I I don't know how that's going to go cuz I don't know what I don't I don't know how I'm going to look at these actors now (laughs) like you know i I just didn't know what to expect really and then you know 
then you said, oh, you know, Britt said this. I'm like, okay, I guess we can watch it. Yeah. I still wasn't sure how I would feel about it. I'm like, it's probably not as bad as I think it's going to be, but I don't know if I'm going to like it. And no, I ended up really liking it. So if you guys want to watch it. This is one of my favorite, like, super nerdy jokes in it. Mm -hmm. I did this with my third album where there's a skit that opens my third album. Yes. And Eric Hanke comes in and says, Mike, you have blank minutes and so many seconds before the show. And we reverse engineered that where he cut the entire skit together. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing he did was lay in the time. Yeah. So that way it would be the exact time before the first track of the album actually yeah, started. Yeah, yeah. So in this, I noticed when they said how many more minutes till the concert, I was like, I wonder if that's going to be real because it's first said by Holland Taylor off screen. So it's 80 yard. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I bet they cut the entire movie together and then they added in the exact time. Yeah. And then later in the movie, Ted says how many more minutes they have. Which is also ADR. Yeah. It's like he says it, but they're like looking. It's it, You can't see his face when he says it. It lines up to when the movie ends. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, which I'm like, that is so awesome. I was hoping that would be true. And I just had to verify that it is true. That's really neat. That yeah. is cool. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, now that you mention it, that's really cool. Yeah. Aww. I like little nerdy things like that. Yeah, you do. So this was a uh, a decent You Made Us Watch. Yeah. Um, it's At this point, we were only able to find it um, available to rent. And we rented it through um, Amazon Prime. It's kind of a more expensive rental, but I it's don't like know. $4.99. Well, we got a dollar off because I'm, I'm amazing, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it was a dollar off. It's normally $5.99. I don't know if it was like a sale or I think we get a dollar off when we do have stuff delivered for Prime Day. Instead, you get like a dollar credit for streaming. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's, I mean, it's not, most rentals are like two ninety nine, so this was a little bit more. But, I mean, honestly, I don't think you'd be disappointed by spending the little extra. It hasn't gotten great reviews, but. I think it hasn't gotten great reviews because it's. It is the kind of movie where you probably should see the other ones first and. You kind of have to be someone who would have enjoyed Bill and Ted in its heyday. Like, I think a lot of people might have seen it and been like, I don't need to see the other movies. Or they were like, oh, they're just dumb movies. So, I don't, I mean, I don't really know. I just feel like it's just one of those movies where if you get it, you get it. If you don't, then oh well. Mm-hmm. But I think if you enjoyed Bill and Ted, you'll like this one. I think you'll really like it. Yeah. I, I think it brings everything together really nicely. and Yeah, I don't necessarily need a fourth movie no. with their daughters or anything like that. I think they I think kind they... of complete the story set up in the very first movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They do a really nice job of it, and I, I think it comes together really nicely. And I, I recommend. I recommend watching it. I, I think you'll enjoy it. That being said, though, I, I do think um, the daughters, Samara Weaving and... Bridget Lundy Payne, I thought they had great chemistry together. Like they did. I definitely watched them together in something. Oh my God. They were so delightful. Just like their body language and like the way that they talk to each other. It they had amazing chemistry. It was very, very fun to watch the two of them. Yeah. I really like Samara Weaving a lot. I think everything we've seen her in yeah. I can only think of a few things off the top of my head, Ready or Not, The Babysitter. 
And this. She's, so she's in three billboards. As, oh, yeah. She's in three billboards. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, she has kind of just small parts and a lot of other stuff. She has um, a small episode arc in Ash versus the Evil Dead. Um, but yeah, she was amazing in The Babysitter. She was amazing in Ready or Not. They're doing another babysitter movie. No, the other babysitter movie's already out. Um, they did another was, babysitter movie. Yeah, I didn't know she was in it. Yeah, I'll actually watch it now. Yeah. Uh, she was also in that um, Hollywood TV series, which is fine. Yeah. it. W- I watched a few episodes of it. I was kind of like, oh, I know Hollywood's gross. I don't need to see this to tell me that it's gross. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. And um, if you have a chance, uh, go ahead and join our Facebook group. We love going in there and interacting with you guys and seeing your... Well, you do. I am off social media. Okay. Yeah. Currently, Mike's taking a break from social media, but I go on there and I have a good time reading everybody's comments and suggestions and funny questions and... You know, just everything that goes on there. So feel free to join uh, the Facebook group. Uh, you made me watch. And if you are able to, please uh, leave us a review on wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love um, to hear from you guys. And we would love, you know, to know if you guys are enjoying it or not. And if you have any questions or Let's have any. Honest, we really only want to know if they're enjoying it. If they're not, we don't. Really <laughs> fuck. I mean, I guess that's true. We are just kind of doing it for I'm fun. I'm enjoying it. But. Yeah, if you guys also have any movies that you would like to make us watch, please go ahead and let us know either in your review or on the Facebook page. We are compiling a list of suggestions, so we love to hear from you guys. Thanks so much for listening. We're having a really good time making this, and I hope you guys are enjoying listening to it. And thank you to Marty Butler for our logo. Yes. And Mendenheim for our theme song. Yes. We also love those. (laughs) We'll see you guys next time. Okay? Yep. Bye. 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 Bye.